Hey there, this is AJ Fry from Interspace Week Nights at 6 and 11 on Space, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Aww. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 223. My name is J.J. I'm Clark J. the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi J, and welcome back as always to the L5J Studios. My beautiful babies, my boys and girls, my weapon ears. We're getting close to several things. We're getting close to the end of the year. We're getting very, very close to Star Wars Rogue One. The initial reviews came out, and I'm very, very excited. I think I think we're underestimating what this movie is going to be. I think this is going to be as an adult Star Wars as we've ever gotten uh, besides Empire, and I think it's going to be hardcore, and apparently the last act is epic and legendary, and I cannot wait. Um, I'm even more super excited since I've heard that there is a lot more connection between the prequels and the sequels and the original trilogies uh, than we think going on in this movie. So I'm very excited to see that Rogue One next week. Oh my god, uh, that'll probably be our last show of the year. We'll probably be uh, a Rogue One special. We'll get some of the usual uh, crazy cats on here and we'll just probably chat up some Star Wars. Uh, but for now, uh, this week on An Elegant Weapon, we're bringing to you an event that happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was a Toronto Comics social. Uh, the Toronto Comics Anthology, which, uh, of course, An Elegant Weapon is a huge supporter of, uh, they've started doing a monthly hangout social event at the Sidekick Comic Cafe and Lounge down in Leslieville, downtown Toronto, one of our favorite spots in the city to hang out, uh, drink wonderful Americano decaf espresso and podcast. Uh, and I went down there and hung out with a whole bunch of cats, and it was very, very cool. So uh, Andrew Stevenson, who's the lead editor, of the Toronto Comics Anthology. He sat down with me and we had a nice little chat about what's happening with Volume 4 as it is expected in May and they are well into the process. Uh, I also met a couple of cool cats. I met uh, Mike Heron and Andrea Fort and they've got a book called Songs for the Dead. Uh, the week after we recorded this, which was last weekend, they had their launch party 
at the uh, sidekick for Songs for the Dead and had a great time. So you all need to check that out. It's uh, It looks like a super, super cool book. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it, but just uh, seeing what I've seen, it's absolutely gorgeous. And after talking to these, t- uh, these two cats, uh, I'm very excited to check it out. So you all need to do the same thing. That's Songs for the Dead by Andrea Fort and Mike Heron. Uh, very cool people. So we have a little chat with them. And then... Uh, years in the making. Uh, I've been hearing about this guy for a long, long time, uh, especially being a namesake. Uh, I have an awesome conversation with the very, very cool Mr. James Edward Clark. Indeed. We talk about his book, Evil, and a bunch of other stuff. So there you go. A little bit of a social, a little bit of a hangout, and uh, some really, really fun conversations. Uh Last weekend, this weekend, I guess yesterday, in fact, I went to Toronto Fan Days, which is the one-day event thrown by Fan Expo Canada that's pretty much just a shopathon. There's no guests, no celebrities. It's nothing but an artist's alley, exhibitors and vendors, uh, and that's all. It's basically come get your geek shop on, get your geekly gifts for all the geeks that you love, and I went and did that. My kid is going to freak out with all the cool stuff. Uh, thank you to Carlos from... Uh, uh, Gotham Central, he hooked me up nice, uh, gave me a good deal on some Five Nights at Freddy's uh, figure little set things for my kid. That stuff is so hard to find. These kids are loving this Five Nights at Freddy's, um, but all I can ever find is plushes. But he actually had the little kind of Lego type hookups, so, uh, so it's very, very cool. I think they're having another party soon, too. Uh, one of their birthdays, maybe, coming up, but we'll let you know, because me and Carlos talked, and I definitely have to get out to Gotham Central more often and do some podcasting from out there. Uh, so we're going to do that. If you want to check them out, they're up at, like, Dixie and the 401. They are literally connected to the Mississauga Flea Market, so it's very, very cool over there. Uh, but that's about that. Uh, season's winding down. Kids, very excited about next year. Of course, April 7th to 9th, we'll be down in Philly for the Great Philadelphia Comic Con with our Points of Interest Podcast Network brethren. Jimmy McKnight's going to be there, Josh Hawks, and this year, we're bringing the other guy. That's right, we're bringing Francis Fernandez. So, it's going to be good times and deeds, and who else knows who is going to show up? Because many are welcome. All are welcome at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. So, uh, that's that, and uh, here we go with our chat. It was the uh, second time thrown Toronto Comics Social at the Sidekick Cafe. Go, check out the Toronto Comics Anthology, check out the Sidekick, and check out this podcast, this awesome conversation. James Edward Clark, uh, Andrea Fort, Mike Heron, and Andrew Stevens. Here we go. Join Sir, back at the Sidekick Comic Book Cafe and Lounge. Yeah, best comic, best comic cafe in Leslieville. <laughs> I love this area, though, man. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Thank you for doing this again. Any excuse I get to get out here is always <laughs> awesome. So yeah. uh, this is the second one we're, we're yep. growing here, right? Yeah, hopefully the second of many. Uh, we're going to probably skip December. We're going to do it once a month from, going, from here on out. Basically, just to make a, a little opportunity for... Comic nerds who are just starting out or, or are a little more experienced to hang out, meet other people, get advice, and just to network. Because comics can be a lonely business. You often end up kind of isolated drawing for, you know, however many decades of your life you spend drawing uh, in your own little basement. And so having a good excuse to get folks out and meeting new people is always great. It's, uh, it's weird that we have such a big community in the area. Oh, Toronto's fantastic And yet for it. it's hard to get your first 
foot in just to meet somebody. That's why I get out there to cons, artists and stuff, and start yeah. talking to people. But I find that conventions are often hard to network with because everybody who's there working a table, they're, they're, they're there to sell primarily. Right. That's like, they, I'm sure they, they'll love to meet you, they'll love to chat, but at the same time, you can't really have a really good uh, conversation, I find, until the after parties. This, this comes back to what I've talked about a lot with the Toronto comic community being so large is that it's hard to have that unification that other places have, so that's why it's more clicky. Because, like, after Fan Expo, you can break off and go to do seven or eight various things that are all oh, yeah. humongous events, quality events. Huge after parties, yeah. Cool shit going on, where a lot of other places will have that one thing yes. that everybody comes together to and has those good times. So, yeah. you know, it's like, just another one of those things about living in the big city, right? Yeah, I think yeah. there's so many folks here. There's so much of a, a huge community that some amount of, like, not splintering, but like separating into things what you're focused on. It just kind of makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, we're here because Volume 4 is well in the works. Yeah, we got the pencils coming in uh, in two weeks from now. Uh, project's coming together really well. I'm really excited about it. Lots, I'm seeing lots. the thumbnails. I'm seeing the development artwork. Uh, and there's just some phenomenal stories coming together. That's exciting to hear. Is, yeah. it, uh, is it weird working with a new crowd and doing it again? or Honestly... I always kind of love working with new artists. I yeah. do enjoy, like... That's kind of why you do it, too. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I oh, also I enjoy editing. So. I'm doing less work <laughs> in on the editorial front than the other two uh, editors, Aaron Felbin and Alison O'Toole, are doing. Right. They're really carrying the, the bulk of the load. That was kind of your plan this year, though, was yeah. to lighten up uh, your side Yeah, because yeah. I find running conventions and just managing the book on, like, a, a deadline level as being a production editor is really time-consuming. Oh, yeah, man. I can't believe how much man-hours you put in last year. Uh, I have insane, a day job. Man. I work, come home. I work three or four hours <laughs> in the book. I, on weekends, I do conventions. Yeah. Uh, so I will die soon <laughs> and, and be thankful. <laughs> so what's our timetable right now? Uh, well, the book is going to pencils in two weeks. Uh, after that, we do inking, uh, coloring, lettering, and we're on schedule to launch in May. With any luck, we'll be launching a TCAF, but we'll find out if we get a table in December. See, I'm still waiting to hear again uh, when TCAF's happening and when uh, uh, my May beloved Moto City is happening. Well, hopefully, it's not every weekend. It's the same year. I've never yeah. been to TCAF, and it, no, oh, it's dude, a shame. It's the best but show. I know, but Moto City is just—they've done <laughs> so it's much your for me. Yeah, yeah, like it's that one time a year. Also, I get to see so many friends that I don't get to see for sure. So you know, most of the year because yeah, yeah, you know, I wish I could get out. It's actually not so hard. Michigan, at least the one side, mm -hmm. it's only like three, four hours away. Motor City's yeah. in Novi. Okay. The con, which is about an hour over the border. Mm. So you're three hours to the border, and then you're an hour to the show. No oh, big that's deal. That's not too bad. Then there's other shows. Like, all my friends, a lot of them live in Grand Rapids, which is mm. on the other side of Michigan. Yeah. It's like five, six, seven hours. I'll be drives. honest, I'm kind of hesitant about doing American cons right now. It's, it's a weird time, man. Yeah. It's a weird time. And, like, our book is very progressive. We have a lot of gay lesbian stories there. We've got a lot of trans yeah. stories there. Yeah. And if that's something that America, on a judicial level, is no longer in favor of, that makes me feel uncomfortable with it. I hear you, man. I mean, there's but a few thing, commitments there's lots, there's lots of good, like, there's a lot of good people, and we'll still try our best to get over there. Sure, there wouldn't be hesitant. an uproar if there wasn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People, there wouldn't be so much uh, rumbling going on in the jungle down there. Yeah. It's, it's so weird how it all went down. And yeah. for us to have to observe 
and yeah. just see what happens. We don't really have a huge choice or say in the matter. Yeah, I'd be interested in watching a bunch of like comic professionals announcing they're not going to do shows in certain states now. I, I understood certain things like uh, Anthony Rutgazer. He's not going to yes. do any shows. Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of coming from the perspective of a black man. Yeah. In a place where it's not very comfortable for black men right now. It's true. So, you know, but there's a lot of artists in America who are like, yeah. I'm not going to Red States. Yeah, um, who is that? The Spider-Man artist. Uh, with a really dynamic style. Uh, Ramon. Ramon Perez. Is it? I think it. Uh, was it Perez? No, he doesn't do Spider-Man. Not sure. Man. No. Oh, man. I'm not sure. I'm sure one of your listeners will know exactly who I'm talking about. Probably. But, a Spider-Man uh, guy. Yeah, just um, <laughs> a Hispanic gentleman who is... He lives in the States full-time. That's his job. Right. But he's just no longer comfortable doing some red state shows. Right, right. So it's, it's interesting to see. Didn't George Perez say that he wasn't going to do them, I think? I wouldn't be surprised, I think there were some big names that came yeah. out and were like, nah. So it's a divided country. Yeah. But we're getting off topic of comics. Let's talk about Toronto again. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's getting around, at least here. I mean, it's Toronto comics. It would be nice if the rest of the world, you know, got a chance to see. And that yeah. will eventually happen. Yeah. I take the book wherever I go yeah, I with me. It. And we're going to be launching some exciting new projects next year. Uh, yeah, gonna, yeah you got to get on. Like as much as we love the anthology, you deserve yeah. to be getting some of your own work. You've, oh, it's not you've my done own work. enough for other others at this point. What do you mean other, uh, other what anthologies? Are you doing now? What? Yeah. No, we're going to be doing uh, at least two books next year. Uh, we're looking at doing a woman's horror anthology, uh, most likely led by Alison O'Toole, and we'll kind of. Well, I mean, it's if it happens at all, it's going to be led by her. But the exact details of that book are still under development. Okay. Uh, we're also potentially going to be doing a transhuman apocalypse tale, and that's something that Aaron will be doing. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, do you've told me you have your own stuff that you want to roll out, I do. Right? It's true. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stories that I want to work on, but I need to find time. And part of like getting those two to spin up their own books will also free me up to do right. some of my own stuff. Right. And go back to school because I'm dumb. Well, at least you kind of get to the point where, you know, at least you do it early. Because this hasn't been a long process. When was that initial meeting? Um... At the library. Oh, it we... must have been uh, August or September. Okay, so August to September. We have a, a nine-month development cycle for a book. And I think given the size, quality, and yeah. like, it's a really solid book. Yeah. And we move, we put it together fast. Yeah, and you guys bang it out. Like, yeah. you know, at least you can get it out in May at TCAF and have the rest yeah. of your year, to, you know. I think, honestly, like, strict deadlines really help a book come together. Yeah. Because, like, everyone's got that pressure to compete to make sure it's done on time. And we're also really, we try to focus on sharing our work with each other and showing that the process works, showing the pencils. Uh, we've got a Facebook group where we all coordinate. Yeah. And it's, we will see what other people are doing, see how much commitment they're showing. You kind of, you want to do the same. You want to do as good or better. Push everything forward. So are you going to do as many shows next year? Because you did a, uh, a shitload of shows last I year. Do. How many do you think you did? Do you um, know? Uh, at least 20, probably more. I'm not sure. Uh, we find, like, this past year's been kind of a dry year for shows, I find. A lot of the smaller shows just haven't seen the foot traffic that it was last year. Yeah, no, it's true. And I've only been touring for, like, three years now. I'm still pretty new to this. Do you scene. think we've gotten too used to it? Do you think we take it for granted around here now? Because we have so many options, so I think many we do. shows. I think there's a like, bit of saturation. There's, yeah, it's I everywhere. think it's going to be a bit of a bubble bursting in the next year. But I, I, it was just awful. Cause I love these shows. I love the people who run them. They're good folks. Really? But I feel like... Uh, for example, in Windsor, when I was growing up in Windsor, sure. there were no shows. I right. went to Motor City Con, there's nothing else in town. Right. Uh, and now there's like seven shows. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even kidding, there's seven shows. If you're willing to drive an hour away, you could pretty much hit a show almost every weekend during yeah. the summer. And I do. But I'm those areas, those I don't think there'll be much of a bubble burst because those areas love those little shows for themselves, right? I think right? the shows will, will shrink, they'll still keep going. 
but they'll have to like downsize a little bit. Yeah, I can but see I that happening. I'm yeah, not, like honestly, you'd have to see the experts. Like Kevin Boyd runs Fan Expo, and is a, a really deep insight into the convention scene. For sure. Like those folks, I'd be interested in hearing what they feel about the thing. But honestly, for professional reasons, they probably can't say too much. Well, Kevin was on once, and uh, we talked yeah. a bit about it. Uh, Geez, probably last year or a year ago at some point. And uh, yeah, it was. I think it was just after it was announced that he was going to go back to Fan Expo. And you know, it was a it was a great year for him. But we chatted a lot about that. He gave me the whole history of the Con Wars of Toronto of like the nineteen eighties. There's shit, you know. Oh, it's a lot of drama goes on in the big city, but you know, it's still. Actually, did the Paradise Comics show to start up again? I don't know. I think that I know they've been having. Well, there's the thing. There's been so many shops. Another thing we're spoiled with that yeah. have all been having events all the time as well. That I can't. I gave up keeping track, man. I really it's did. Crazy. It's uh, always something, and they're uh, they're good. It's great that they have that for the community, you know. But uh, pints and pages. Yep. What did you think? Yeah. Did you have um, a good time. I was sick as hell. Right. I showed up to like cough plague on people at the That's end okay. of the night. Right. But it seemed like a really good show. Like, everyone I spoke to who was there really enjoyed it. Yeah. And there's a lot of good networking. I feel kind of like MCX. That's a show that's about meeting creators and talking to them in a way that, like, a lot of shows aren't. I think the word just needs to get out on uh, the MXC about, or the MCX, or whatever the hell we're calling it. Yep. Uh, that it's a strict original art policy. Yes. I think... You know, that's phenomenal. It's we amazing. Like oh, that. we definitely. I mean, there's a place for, you know, Prince and this and that in their own twisted universe, but <laughs> that was the most amazing thing. I discovered at least three comic books I bought that I might not have noticed yeah. if they had been overshadowed by giant walls of colory, colored Harleys and Deadpools, it's right? True. So, I mean, Errol Dynamic by yeah. Matthew Daly. Oh, I haven't seen it. This book, cool. it's so weird. It's, it's, it's the most unique thing I've seen. Yeah. It's. It's, he's a graphic artist, okay. and it's done in like a retro oh, wait, graphic ad style yes. kind of. Oh, it looks gorgeous. And you have to kind of really—I don't want to say it's a puzzle, but you have to really look for the story and find it in there. Who we got coming on in here? Yeah, Who are we waving crap. at? Oh no, we scared people away. Oh I no, now. Oh, that's all right. Okay, well, everybody come down. It's a little to the side intimidating. Well, it's a great turnout. Was there a good, good enough yeah. turnout this uh, the first I was one you did? Bigger than last time. This is bigger. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. No, which is fantastic. Like. I feel a little guilty for people who came here to, like, do their homework in quiet, because that's not happening. No, well, you know, they it's not like this wasn't advertised out the yin-yang, right? Well, to, like, to the comics community. Well, you know, things are growing, man. As we get the things out better, people hear more, and they want to hang out, you know? I feel like there is a lot of, like, honestly, I've talked about isolation in the comics community before, and I feel right. that's the biggest threat to it. Because it can be really hard to stay motivated when you don't see other people working alongside you. And that's why I really wanted to push this event, and I want to keep pushing it. It's up to the social ones, because, I mean, 80% of the people in this community are maybe socially awkward to some extent. Yeah, it's true. And have difficulty in no, social settings, right? And it's uh, it can be uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And it's up to guys like me and my big mouth <laughs> to help, you know, get the word out there and see and show that these people are human. And you can go and you can talk to them and not yeah. be intimidated. Go to your local shows. Ask for Absolutely. advice. People love to look at each other's work. And, yeah. You know. Like, there really aren't very many huge dicks in the comics industry here. No. Which not, is phenomenal. Not really. I, like, seriously, the ratio yeah. of, like, good people to dicks is 
way, way better than my day job. I gotta swear. <laughs> I bet you it's a little better than London Comic Con, uh, the Eng- the London England one. So the thing about uh, you ever notice that about English comic book creators, they're kind of a curmudgeony bunch. I don't know. I think the ones who made it big here, like as part of their branding, a little bit. Right, right. But like, yeah. I know some British comic creators who are great folks. I actually, oh yeah. I actually mailed a whole pile of our books to some folks over for Thought Bubble. Uh, I called up in the UK. They had a big show there just happened a couple weeks ago. Oh, right on. Uh, I met some folks at VanCaf, a uh, publishing company out there. Uh, they bought a pile of our books, and they sold them there. So it was just cool to see our work, you know, being sold overseas. That's fun, man. That's fun. Yeah, uh, you, uh, Simon Bisley. Familiar with Simon Bisley? The name's familiar. Uh, he's, uh, I'm totally blanking on the things he's worked on, <laughs> but, like, Marvel titles and stuff. And uh, Mike Ruth is a huge fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I've gotten to hang out with him a couple of years at a couple shows, and that guy's a legend. That guy's just like a, a force of nature, you know what I mean? It's what I find about these English guys, man. Like even, like Claremont. You ever you ever talk to Chris Claremont? Oh, God, no. You know, it, he'll be very nice and polite and chat with you about anything as long as you are polite. Like, put your manners on, and he, you know. But he expects a certain decorum, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? I can see that. And then uh, James O'Barr, not a well, Michigan native, but uh, I've never been able to get a word out of him edgewise. <laughs> As well, just got enthusiasm. Well, the Points of Interest Podcast Network, of course, which we are a uh, proud member, along with uh, Mr. Aaron Broverman's Speech Bubble Pod. Aaron is in the house as well. Um, we have made it the network's personal mission. Because yeah. we do so many shows between all the people across North America who yeah. do the shows that most of the time, Neil Adams is there. And if anyone's ever met Neil Adams at a show, I I hope you got through it okay and still feel all right about yourself. But we've made it our mission to, like, break through that curmudgeon and and, like, make him, like, awesome. our friend. So now we treat him, like, just like... Ed- Everything's good. I mean, all right. All right. Everyone's fumbling. One casualty. A chair. It's all right. Survived. We're okay, kids. Everyone's all right. <laughs> that was Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've made it like our mission to like break him down oh, cool. and get it to where he's just like, hey, guys. You know what I mean? No, it's fantastic. Oh, it's fun. So what else, man? What else is happening? What else? Uh, oh, well, I'm trying to survive the Christmas rush. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, we got a lot of deadlines coming up for my 9 to 5 job that I still work. Right. As well as the anthology. Right. And so we just have to make sure that everybody's on track. Um, a lot of our artists are still in college, just finishing up Seneca and so on. Okay, so tough time, yeah. Difficulty finishing their final films as well as our comics. And I have a lot of respect for people who sacrificed their sleep to make our comics. Sure. So probably prioritize college first. You probably should. I mean, then you're ages. paid for the comics, <laughs> even with color. You oh, know, yeah. oh, so our, car, our pay rates are garbage. <laughs> I'm not, like straight up, we can't pay people what they're worth. We just yeah. can't. Well, it's become you know, uh, it's got enough of a reputation now that people consider it what it is, and that's a viable way to get your work out Honestly, there and to get known. Like it's terrible to say for exposure. But it kind of is. But at the same time... There's nothing like, wrong with doing for exposure the properly. The that I feel is a bit unique, which is why I can kind of like sleep at night, is that we do expose right. all of our own numbers. 
So we show where every dollar is spent and earned, right. so everybody on the project can learn about publishing, can learn how to make their own comics. We are entirely transparent with our finances, we have all of our stuff up on our website, so the people who are working for us, who we're paying garbage rates to, they can take a look at it and see that we're not making money off their backs. Right, right. We are breaking even at best, right. and we're just like them, we're trying to hustle our way to somewhere. Well, it's obvious when you're involved in the process and, in, and you're in the Facebook group, uh, you, the passion comes through. Like, mm -hmm. you guys aren't doing this to, for any other reason than the passion of getting the book out there. And, you well, know. I, I intend to sell out. I intend to sell out <laughs> super, super if hard. If the opportunity arises, oh, yeah. absolutely. Michael Bay of comics any day but now. But you guys are still doing it, you know, for the love of it. You're not yeah, trying well, you, to, you're not like, taking advantage of any of these people. You both a sellout and honest and fair to everyone who works with you. And we really try to be, like, yeah, like, if I can't pay you what you're worth, I'll try to make it a positive experience. Right. Uh, gratitude is priceless. Right. You have to be thankful that people are willing to work with you and are willing to do, like, to sacrifice for you. You have to sure. appreciate it, and yeah. you have to reward them for it as best you can. Absolutely. And uh, it must be a very rewarding thing that when you come to the sidekick, you see all these volumes on well, a half-empty half shelf of exactly, Toronto the Comic Volume. The half-empty part is the yes, most rewarding yes, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to stock them up. And it's not volume three. Yes, the first uh, two volumes are going. You know, that's yeah. which is really cool, which means yeah. people have probably at some point over the rush this summer picked up volume three. Yeah. And now we're like, oh. Well, but like me, like I like to start at the beginning, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I restocked the sidekick a few weeks back, actually. So it's just good to see that like it's already moved. Right, right, right. Well, we got to get it out there. We got to yeah. get it to everybody. Yeah, it's uh, tocomics.com. Altered uh, States X. will carry it. I sure. know it. If, I, if you walk into Altered States with a box of oh, yeah. them and say, please, they'll go, okay. Yeah. And put I've it on the shelf. I've emailed a bunch of different stores. Everybody's very friendly. Right. I often find the stores, like, unless you go in person, unless you, like, while you're there, while the manager in is there, the it trick, can be a man. bit of a challenge to make sure everything's kind of in order. Well, think about how inundated they must get with oh, yeah, uh, sure. requests and, you yeah. know. Actually, we've also done really well at uh, Indigo Young and Eglinton. Which uh, is a great spot. Yeah, yeah we've been, um, they have like an, uh, what's we're looking for here, consignment sales. Right. They have consignment there, and we've moved That's like awesome. easily 60 books there. They really? They keep going back, and it's just fantastic. That because like, it's not a traditional comic book store, but people are coming in, they're like, oh hey, I'm from Toronto, I like this. Right, right, and right. Just, People want to see themselves hipsters, represented. Hipsters, man. Got to sell to them hipsters who are yeah. proud of their, their hipster land that they complain about constantly. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. How but many copies of Volume 3 have you sold? Do you know uh, the number? I can find the exact number for you right now. You can give me a rough one if you want. I don't want nope. to make you work for it, man. You work hard enough. <laughs> uh, no, I track all this stuff on like a million different spreadsheets. Uh, I can tell you sales figures for all of our books, uh, costs for all of our books. If anyone meets me to come, look at this. You've got me. this I'll... lined up, man. Oh, dude, yeah. All right. Uh, we've sold 537 volume threes. That's amazing. It's pretty awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, for our first anthology, a volume one. Let me look at the number here. This to do tracker tracker. Like, how many years has volume one been out now? Three. Three years. Right. Uh, we sold 1,049 books of that. That's amazing, man. So it's a lot of books. It's That's really tons cool of to books. See. Like, yeah, yeah. To be a Canadian bestseller, you got to sell 5,000 books. So we're one-fifth of the way there. Oh, really? Yeah. That seems like a low number for a Canadian bestseller. Uh, it is, but it has to be through like, the Canadian like bestseller list. You kind of have to go into like, bookstores. You right. can't do it as an indie guy. Oh, I see. Well, But like the Canadian market is small. Say again? The Canadian market is small. It is small when you think about it. But uh, especially even just the Toronto market is like the bulk of it. And you're yeah, already Ontario, here, right? Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Kids, you can check it out at Toronto Comics with a X 
T-O-Comics.com. Get the book and uh, enjoy the book. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Take care. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for throwing this, man, and keep on doing this. Well, and we'll always out. be here. Oh, of course, we love coming and hanging out. This joint is so awesome. People, yeah. if you haven't been to the Sidekick yet, come out to the Sidekick, Leslieville. I don't know. We're on Queen Street. I don't know what we're close to or what the address here is, but it's the <laughs> place that it's says the, the Sidekick on the building. And come in in the week and say hello to Chris and thank you for providing us with a, a wonderful place to kind of call home and uh, be able to hook up. Andrew, thank you for what you do for the city. Thank you <laughs> for what you do for independent comics thanks in the city. For, thanks for reporting and spreading the word. Hey, man, it's, uh, it's what around. we do. It's, uh, that's absolutely <laughs> true. Kids, that's Andrew Stevenson, uh, lead editor of the Toronto Ooh. Comics Anthology. Volume 4, coming in May. Stay tuned. Booyaka. You're talking in the microphone. Can you guys just say a few things? Hello. Yeah, we can. We, we can do are here. Don't don't do the typical test thing. That's really lame. What oh. typical test thing? Well, test, test test. Just saying test test. No, come on. Just really, it's bad. Test, yeah, test. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Let's say anything else. That. Check. Check. That's check. Me. That, oh check. yeah, check. Check's That's good. You. As someone who used to set up mics. As someone who is check. <laughs> yeah, you see what I did there? That was terrible. Uh, that was pretty good. Are you proud of yourself? You should go check, check, and Bulgarian. Okay, so you're not a dad. I'm just, well... Which means the jokes are off That doesn't mean I can't make dad puns. <laughs> I think it does mean he can't make dad puns. The cats don't I, count. Frankly, for not having children, I feel like I have to make double the dad puns. Nope. I think that's how that works. Nope. Yep. Nope. Our book has a dad joke in it, so I mean... I, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> and now I've made it a thing in the books. <laughs> Andrea... Fort. Fort? Fort, F-O-R-T. Fort, F-O-R-T. And sorry, was it Mike or Matt? Mike. Mike Heron. Yes. What is this book that you speak of? This book that we speak of is a little book called Songs for the Dead. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it is a brand new self-published book uh, that uh, sort of sprung up out of nothing. Um, yeah. Is that the best way to describe yeah, it? Yeah, a little book about the a little necromancer who could. We've yes. been working on it for a year. We're really happy to have it out in the world, yeah. even with its sort of limited release now. We're sort of slowly getting it out there. Yeah. Very cool, very exciting. You guys said it was just on Comixology, too. It's yeah. on Comixology now, yeah, and we're starting to get it through uh, stores in Toronto. Okay, yes. well, I know you guys don't have too much time, but give me a quick background. Where'd you guys meet? Where are you guys from? Are you guys Toronto kids? We're or? both Toronto kids, we yeah. Are, we're Toronto kids born and raised. Um, yeah. We both, uh, we started dating, actually, about almost two years ago. Yeah, it's, oh, it's going to so be our two-year anniversary soon. this is a romantic soon. endeavor, it is. And a professional. We've yes. got, uh, we've got is, a lot on our plate. This is the daring thing that most people tell you not to do, yes. which is to go we into business. We don't listen to most people. Going into we're kind of dumb. Partner. Yeah. yeah. It's um, working, though, yeah? Yeah, I mean, not going on wood here. Yeah, uh, I'm going to knock two, actually. So sorry, say again, how long you been together? Uh, we're going on two years. It'll going be, on two it's years, almost two years. And you've been working on the book for a year, you said? For one yeah. year. All yeah. right, cool. So you guys were both obviously somewhat into comics when you met and hooked up. That yes, well, Andrew is actually... Or did one get uh, in the other involved? It's, yeah, that's more the case, really. Andrea, I mean, I've always been sort of a casual comic fan. Andrea is the I have a the problem. Hardcore. Okay, right on. Um, I've had a problem since I was seven years old. Yes. Awesome. She, Somebody sent help. What's your shop? Uh, I've been shopping at Paradise Comics for years. Uh, the Sidekick is now my new local, and not to take away from any of the other places in Toronto. You were at the I Snail still Weekly. Love Paradise. Yeah, I used to hang out at the Snail a little bit. 
um, just sort of with a, I had a crew there that would hang out once a week, get together, exchange right ideas, and hang out at the Canary. Yep. Um, but yeah, I've been shopping at Paradise 12, 15 years. I don't know. I've, I've uh-huh. done a lot of like convention work and stuff with them, and now nice. I hang out here a lot just because it's close and amazing. And she dragged you into this mess, dragged huh? Dragged me into <laughs> it. She it's hard to avoid when you know me. I mean, even my coworkers who have no interest in comics are She She sweet-talked me into, into going into <laughs> comics. Uh, oh, it's all my fault. You know, I, I come from a film background. That's, okay. that's my meat and potatoes. Right. Um, How'd you guys meet? Uh, just internet. Internet, internet really? Cool. Because people right who on. read comics and make films don't yeah. meet organically. Well, listen, I can't even tell you how many people I've had on this show where they've created comics together and they've never even met face to face because really? they met through Twitter or they met through Facebook and you know, or they contacted somebody in you know Russia or somewhere yeah. or yeah. Ecuador to draw yeah. their comic for yeah. them, and they've made incredible things, yes. like beautiful books yes. and. Occasionally, they'll get to meet face to face at a con or something for the first time, and you know they've done this incredible thing together. And then getting to see the meet is awesome. Where you guys are kind of like, we live together. Let's do the relationship thing first, then yeah. uh, then we'll make a comic. Well, but and I mean, you know, we're both the writer type, so I mean, with uh, when we were on our artist search, that was that was our route really is contacting people all over the world. Uh, you know, being like, hey, we love this person's style reach out to them with no experience and be like, hey. So you guys wrote it together. Yes. Who did the who did the art then? The art is uh, also surprisingly a local artist, uh, Samantha Beck. Yeah, Sam okay. Beck. Uh, she She's been at TCAP. She's got yeah. a couple yeah. of self-published books as well. Right on. Uh, we are so lucky to have her. She really yeah. gets it. Her yeah. work is beautiful. Yeah, and, and that she's local because, again, I mean, we consider doing the remote sort right. of communication well, and it, uh, it, it really comes down to who's best for the art it doesn't matter where they live yeah. you'd yeah. like to go local and support the community but yeah. I mean you got to do what's best for the story right I, exactly and you know we had lots of artists that we considered that we felt fit the story fit the art that we were looking for uh, Sam just kind of came kind of came out of nowhere and you know we knew she stood out because she understood the concept so well right with us giving her so little information yeah we, uh, our whole process has been sort of unorthodox okay yeah our whole process like from the inception of the idea to starting the book to finding sam because it started when mike said we were going to make a film originally, originally. and a different really? film, not That's this what the plan was okay. we were going to yeah. make a film and then mike said to me i have this idea but i think it lends itself better to a comic okay. and i said well neither of us have ever done that yep and here we are so this is both your first endeavor first into comic, comics absolutely i mean wow. i've read yeah, them right. and I, again I've, I've been hanging out at paradise and working with them and talking to people for years so is that pretty much your education and writing is yep. just reading them just and reading and right hanging on. and talking to people just um, diving in head first this writing whole year, about yeah. comics it's spending right. a lot of time so the idea starts comics. with you as a movie and then yes. as you discuss becomes a comic book that's exactly. cool and, and right we on. spent a lot of this year writing yeah writing doing research and i think we found sam through some fan art i think she had done like a piece of fan art that i really loved yeah and I said, hey, right check on. this out. Yeah. And and here she is. Yeah, and, yeah. and she loves the idea. Like, you know, we're working on the pencils for book two right now. Um, you know, she, gets it. she really gets it. She too. loves doing right. it. Is it completely self-published, or did yep. you put it out through anybody? One hundred percent self-published. Right on, You'll see right Necromancer on. Press on the, on the okay, book. Okay, that's what that's we're going us. with. All right, that's, that's, that's cool. us. It starts cool. with the Necromancer. Yeah. In, she's in the book. She's that's our protagonist. Yep. Hey, that's uh, the beginning. Is the beginning. That's awesome, yep. guys. That's right. uh, I just saw a little bit of it there, uh, as far as getting a, a chance to 
view a little preview, but it looks yeah. stunning. It looks absolutely Thank gorgeous. Thank you. I can't speak for whether you two can write yet, but <laughs> I fair. will read and make Thank that you. judgment myself. But yeah, it does. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Great. As I said, it's on Comixology. Can anybody get it anywhere else right now? It's at Paradise right now. We're okay. going to have it at uh, the Sidekick soon. We'll be doing a launch party. Um, Page and Panel has agreed to carry it as well. We're right looking on. at getting it into other places like the Snail, yeah. Uh, Ideally, Planet we wanna, X. Yeah, we want to try to get it. In get it in as many stores in Toronto yeah. as we course, can. Of yeah. course. We can also, I think, we're talking about contacting us. Our website is... Um, just songsforthedead.com. Uh, and you can contact us through Twitter or our Facebook, uh, Songs Comic, yeah, at we, Songs Comic. You know, and we are, we're talking, we will ship it. Yeah, right. if, yeah. If, awesome. if we have anybody who's just if dying for a really print copy, it, we'll which I don't blame them because our print quality is just fantastic. It and actually, he says so himself. It's, it's quite stunning. It, it turned out it, really it well. It turned out really beautiful. Um, like, so anyone yeah, who's, no, as you should be. Anyone you know? who's dying for a print copy, they can email us. We, we're happy to work out shipping with them, get yeah. it out to them. Very uh, cool. Yeah. You guys yeah. going to do some shows next year? And we're, faces out there? we're just waiting to hear back from TCAF because okay, um, cool. we applied for that. Um, next year, it's going to be sort of see how it goes. We want to um, get, we've got a four book arc planned okay, right. and we have the budget for four books right. as it is so you kind of want so we want to we want to have yes. four books we're right. hoping to compile them into a graphic and then we're going to really yeah. aggressively do the show thing okay. but in the meantime yeah. we're trying to just get the books out and it's right hard to on. work yeah, and yeah. do the show thing i think so small shows for now yeah. tcap not being a small show but a good one well it's yeah. wise the book comes first because you yeah. do see that occasionally people at the table they got like two items on, yeah, the, on exactly. the table you're kind of like okay yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, very cool. Well, I can't wait to read it, guys. Thanks so much uh, for Thank taking you. the time to Thanks chat with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good luck. Uh, you guys are welcome back anytime. Uh, I'd love to keep an update going and see yeah. how things go along. So. Yeah, totally. Very cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks man. And there we are, finally, Mr. James Edward Clark. And oh, the oh, Jay yeah. Clark, we get to meet face to face. I've been following you online for years, man. Has it been years? It's been years. I feel like I had you on Facebook not too long not ago. Not Facebook, yeah, but okay. I've been following you on the Twitter, right? I used to be on the Twitter. I rage yeah. quit Twitter. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, yeah. they started. Um, I post like life drawing. I go um, life drawing classes, and uh, they start censoring the life drawing, my life drawing pictures, because I guess they're naked pic people, right? I feel like. That's familiar for some reason. Like well, I, like I, I, I might, might remember when that I happened. Post, I, my last, uh, it was back in May-ish, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. early May, I think. That's crazy. I, yeah, <laughs> it's you know, I post them on Facebook, and I never have any problems because, like, obviously they're like, you know, tasteful artistic nudes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah completely. For the purpose of you know, um, studying human anatomy. Yeah. It's yeah. Nothing, yeah. Like, yeah. See the or. About them, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, that's totally ridiculous. There's something a little bit seedy about evil, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of supposed to be. All right. It's, uh, for people who don't know what evil is, uh, how do I explain evil? It's, it's, uh, the, it's basically about a mass neutral wrestler named Samson Destroyer. His girlfriend gets kidnapped by Satanists one day, and he needs to kill all the Satanists before midnight. They open a portal to hell, bring forth lectures, demons on earth to annihilate all mankind. <laughs> to get that one out. That's a hard one to get out. <laughs> That's all right, man. Yeah. Uh, how long would you start the series? Because you, you just said you're, uh, so you're working on five, right? Yeah, we're, um, I have issues, uh, I printed issues one to three. Um, I'm currently working on issue five. Issue five will be the last issue in this volume. And we're going to hope to collect it all. We're 
hopefully I put a Kickstarter to do that. Right. Issue four is done. Issue four is about 45 pages long. Um, Damn. Didn't have money to print it. And then I started working on issue five. I'm like, let's well, go in so fast now. Like, I might as well just. Finish. Why'd you go so long with issue four? It's oh, like so big. I, it was got real unruly and, uh, you know, life got in the way. I had a job. I was working no, but you said it was 45 pages? It was 45 pages, yeah. Like, why so many pages? Like, like, because there's, you know, like. It's just kind of, I just start. I've gotten. I've refined it to where I'm doing more thumbnails now, but, like, I kind of just have the beats in my mind that I want to hit. Right. And I just end up being 45 pages. And, like, I guess part of me didn't want it to be done. There's a, it's going yeah. through a lot of stuff at a time. Jason. Sure, it was therapeutic to get it out, man. Shit. Yeah, if you read it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah working yeah. through some stuff, yeah. Right on, right. Yeah. And you're on Mississauga Way, no? No, uh, I'm right beside Mississauga. I'm in Rexdale, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. uh, I used to go into work in Mississauga, but yeah. Right on, yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. down in Clarkson there, down Oh, cool, the, yeah. Down in the L5J. Um,. How about shows next year? You plan on doing many, or do you ever do any to push? I do, or? I do. I usually do fan expo. I'm terrible about um, doing shows. Um, I'm hoping to do TCAP, obviously. Hopefully, yeah, to do right uh, this, the one March, the fan expo in March, the fan expo at the end of the summer, and then uh, try and get out of the city more. But yeah, right, it's right. tough. Yeah, very cool. How can people check out your stuff? You, got uh, a lot of you can type media. in. Yeah, type in yeah. James Edward Clark into Google. I'll come up. My email is James Edward Clark at Gmail. And I have a Tumblr. I have the blog spot. And uh, yeah. Right on, right on. I don't on. have a Twitter anymore, but you know. That's okay. It sounds like uh, you know, you're know you doing all right without it either way. So. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what else, man? What else are you working on? Anything? I've just been working on that. It's been holed up in my room, just working on is the book. Is this a full-time thing for you? I'm making it full-time thing. Yeah, you're taking the plunge? You're like, taking, well, I don't know. Taking the craft dinner plunge? <laughs> More hand sandwiches and apples. <laughs> Try to be healthy. That does yeah. sound much healthier. Yeah, than Katie. Yeah. A lot of hard boiled eggs. Right yeah. on. Tuna. Right on. Tuna's a dollar. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you uh, from around GTA originally? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm uh, yeah? still in the same area I grew up in. That's kind of why I'm stuck down there. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Has yeah. this always been something for you? Comics you grew up on? Yeah, I grew up in comics. Yeah, since I was a kid and. Uh, in high school, kind of fell out, and in college, I got back into it. You know, I studied illustration at Sheridan. Oh, right. And, on. you know, I always loved it. Everyone always, uh, you know, would look at my drawings and be like, oh, we should do comics. So it was kind of... Uh, yeah, well, Sheridan kind of feeds the GTA comic community at this point. Like, yeah, it was It's a ridiculous love. amount of people I talked to on this show who went to Sheridan for something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, art school is a funny thing, which is you're kind of like... Being out in Oakville, you can kind of just, like, buckle down. There's nothing to do in Oakville, so you just end up sitting in your room and working on it all the time. (laughs) So it's actually, like, a really good environment just to, like, it's kind of an incubator of, like, that sort of stuff because you're just, like, stuck in there, and then, you know, you got, like, the labyrinth come by, like... Sure. Like yeah. once a semester, and you know, mm. you you buy a bunch of like books, and you know, you got the internet looking at cool pictures all day. So. Sure, and it's pretty obvious, I guess, being in a creative environment of any kind is going to breed creativity and just kind of get your brain working and yeah, you know, mm. thinking stuff. So yeah. yeah, 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 that's really rad though. But we're we're lucky in this area, man. I mean, even though Oakville's just kind of a place to shop, I mean, even Oakville's got like three shops within 15 minutes of each other. Let's go to the, the art know. school yeah. there. Well, Mississauga's got like six shops now. It's out of yeah. control, you know? Uh, it's, yeah. uh, I usually come downtown now and all my shops are closing, but that's more to do with... What's, uh, uh, what's your main shop? What are I you, usually uh, go to Silver Snail. You're a snailer, yeah? I've been hitting up Beguiling a little bit more often lately just because uh, uh, I've been missing some weeks, so I had to like, you know, 
it's usually hit a couple stores. I used to go to like, um, what, what was it, Million One Comics? Sure, sure, Yeah, sure. but they closed and like, yeah, yeah Beguiling's yeah. closing. Remember, uh, they had a they had a spot in South Common Mall in Mississauga. Oh, yeah. At Burnham Thorpe and uh, Air Mills Parkway. And it was right in the mall. And I used to go there when I was like 11 or 12. And they had this really weird setup where it was really easy to steal comics. Yeah, yeah. And we'd go in there as like little punk asses. And we'd like <laughs> buy two and like leave with six. We were fucking horrible back then. Oh, I always remember it was the first place I saw Amazing Fantasy 15. Oh, shit. And I couldn't believe that. Like, I walked in there and I was like, it's actually sitting here. Like, Well, it was fuck, like in a know? case with the bolts. Yeah, and like, it was yeah. in like their, just their display case. Like, you know, you could get like a foot to it. Did they, have the, uh, did they have like the Stan Lee signature on or something? No, it was. I remember it wasn't in the greatest shape. That's right. That's I remember. But I just remember it was the first one I ever actually laid eyes on for real. You know, like a comic of that caliber. I'd never seen like a legendary comic yeah. before. You know, so it was always like kind of, um, yeah. Well, I was a kid. Yeah, they had the one store up the hill from me. It was called Dragon's Lair. Right. On. It was like uh, in the little um, uh, strip mall down there. I'd just go up there, and it was just like you know, stereotypical uh, comic book shop. I used to be like nine, eight years old. I'd buy like Spawn comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was really into Great Capolo though. So I ended up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right, so I ended right. up working so, out. Yeah, well. that would bring the Spawn in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. kind of grew up like really liking Greg Capolo stuff, and then as a teenager, like I, I was out of the habit of going to the store, but I would like read like kind of the more underground stuff, uh, like um, Love and Rockets or Crumb or. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. So. Did you enjoy his uh, his Batman run then? Which one? Read it, uh, Capullo and Snyder. Oh yeah, I bought the whole thing. Fifty-two. Yeah. I wasn't too uh, big on the. Uh, I'm not too big on Snyder these days, but uh, no? I, I have the whole run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I buy it for the art. It was still special, man. Yeah, it was incredible. He did some amazing things on that run. Oh yeah, and, he was fantastic. You know, Everything he does is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got his uh, when he was at Fan Expo a few years ago. I oh, got he was there last summer. Yeah. Yeah, he was there last summer, but before that, it was like just after the new Fifty-two. That was. Started, uh, like, yeah, that was the first. In. Fan Expo I ever went to there. Oh, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Right I saw yeah. Darwin Cook there, too, right I remember. Nice. I didn't talk to him, though. I was, like, looking over his shoulder as he was sketching, and he turned yeah. and looked at me, and I was, like, walked away awkwardly. <laughs> I've seen him in interviews. He's a real intense dude. I didn't want him to get upset. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, was, I regret yeah. now not talking to him, so, yeah. Well, Capullo, I got the, uh, he made the Mr. Freeze prints he made for Fan Expo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he only made, like, 100 of them. Oh. Uh, and I was like second in line and I waited for like two hours or something and I yeah. got one of these. And I, I, went, I wanted to yeah. talk to him and it's like I was sharing the table with a guy and he's like, dude, Capolo signed right now. I rush over there. Yeah. I'm all nervous and stuff. It's like uh, <laughs> uh, it's like me meeting like a, a rock star or something like uh, this guy I really admire. I was like almost, I was almost shaking, right, with, uh, you know, I wanted to give him my book, my little ash can, 12-page ash can sure, of man. Uh, evil. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to give it to him. And then uh, I get there, and the guy sticks the, the sign, no, uh, line at, lines after, the, ends after this point right in my face. Like, oh, fuck. No. <laughs> Actually, I was kind of relieved that he didn't end up meeting him because I was just too nervous. He was nice. I asked him for a bumper first thing, like, for the show. Oh, yeah. So I leaned in. and. Uh, well, you've been good for that. He's got, like, a New Jersey accent and all oh, that. Oh, he was yeah. great. He says, uh, what's he say? Uh, it's Greg Capullo, and you're listening to an elegant weapon. I could tell you about the real elegant weapon, but I can't tell you where it's located because it's got something to do with me. What the fuck does that even mean, Dad? So basically, I was like, "Can you give me an ad for my show?" And he told me how big his cock was. I know, That's pretty yeah. much what happened. So, but he was nice. I met him again at uh, most awkward C two E two awkward dad type way. Yeah, totally. awkward stepdad way. I had a cool moment. I was talking to David Finch. Yeah. And uh, Faybach 
Jason Fabok was right beside him. And I hear from over my shoulder, hey, Jason, I wanted to say hello. And it's Capullo introducing himself to Fabok for the first time. They've oh, never shit. met before. So I turn, and uh, Fabok's like, can't help himself. Even he's like total fanboy, right? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, he's working on The Dark Knight at the time. Or sorry, he's working on Detective. Capullo's working on Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he still was like a fanboy to him. And I was like, guys, you got to let me get a picture of this. Like, so I got the <laughs> picture the, of the first time they met. Which is really cool, but you know, Fabok totally was like, "I've been reading you all my life." Oh yeah. Shit, yeah so. If ever me, I'm just gonna completely like geek out and like. Uh, yeah, he's very cool. Sure. Plays it cool, you know. Yeah, I've heard many interviews. He's really uh, sounds really cool guy. Say so never meet your hero, but I think if your hero is Greg Capolo, I can't could do, could do worse. Yeah, you could do definitely much worse. You uh, grow up admiring Bill Cosby or something like that. So <laughs> <it's, yeah. laughs> That's just. As a child of the 80s, man, these things are very difficult to deal with these days. I was know? a little after the 80s. Yeah. Like, uh, I grew up with Homer Simpson. Well, that was my dad. I took that up. impression when you said you were young, uh, getting spawned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, child of the 90s. So. I had just started, uh, I started collecting Spider-Man right before McFar- McFarlane took over. Okay, yeah, and I was, it was like, like... four issues before. Because I remember the first two issues he did were with Chance. It was like 297 and 298 of Amazing Spider-Man. And he had this character, Chance. He was like a green and yellow guy with like fist blasters. He's kind of like Shocker. Kind of, yeah. But he was only like in like a two-issue run, right? And I he was remember... He like more extreme Shocker for the 90s. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just remember seeing the webs for the first time and thinking to myself as a little kid, why does Spider-Man have barbed wire coming out of his wrist? <laughs> I thought it was part of the story, man, because that's how fucked up he went, like... Within one well, it issue. was such a like a, a parallel shift. Like when I was oh, getting yeah. into it, was it huge. Yeah. I grew up like as a kid. I'd see that image everywhere. Even if you buy like random issue of Spider-Man, they'd always have like M- McFarlane uh, yeah. pinups somewhere in the book, like yeah. with all this. So it was pretty. Like when I started reading Spawn, like he wasn't even on the book. Like I remember right. uh, I got into Spawn like right before issue fifty. What was it ten issues or twenty? He took. He over did like after? sixteen issues, but I don't think he drew all sixteen. Right. Okay. But I, I know he, he didn't might've. start. Like he took over after. Sixteen, like, eighteen. A bunch, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 He took over shortly after. How perfect though! Like the. Oh like, yeah. Because I have I have a I have a, one of his Quasar books. Oh yeah, and uh, way back, yeah, deep cut. and it's it's not Capullo art at all. Like, no, he really you like, never guessed it was Capullo in any that way. That would have been like one of those first things he ever did. Oh, yeah. dude, it's old, and I never, I just got it out of a chance. It might have even been like a joke gift at some point, and then he got big, and I was reading Batman. I was like, that name sounds familiar, and I checked back because <laughs> I never read Spawn, and there it was. You're not missing much, but and missing man, some cool Capullo. Oh yeah, but what a switch! Like he was perfect oh, to yeah. take over for McFarlane, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, he was, yeah. like, uh, kind of, like, in the same school as McFarlane, like, super detailed. But he actually had, like, a really good grasp on anatomy. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, McFarlane was just winging it. Like, you look at, like... Took it a little too... Yeah, McFarlane had that more, like, he has, uh, like no, cartoony, eccentric Yeah, well, he has it. no idea yeah. about, like, anatomy or, like, how to draw a fucking face. Or you yeah, look... Big chins. And like, chin, the yeah. eyes are all, all out. 
hell of a lineman. It's yeah. just it's he doesn't know how to do it. It's not even like he's he's just like make it look cool enough that nobody just put cares. enough like hatching everywhere. Like it won't matter. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you actually like look at it, like it's just like his eyes are like way up where the forehead should be. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, the yeah. nose were long. It's just totally hideous faces and like <laughs> Capolo actually like had a very sound like understanding of you know uh, anatomy and everything. Oh like yeah, that, especially yeah. some of the stuff that Snyder made him do. I mean, he, I, it's fun because he would tweet a picture of something he was working on. I remember once he had to do a scene in one of the Batman issues. He was penciling the Natural Museum of History. Oh, yeah. No, I, when I was on Twitter. And everything, and he oh, was yeah. like, damn Snyder, and <laughs> it's just like the most detailed picture ever. Oh, of course, it has to be the best fucking dinosaur ever. No, when <laughs> I was on Twitter, like, he was the guy, uh, he was one of the guys I always liked to retweet and shit, because he would post his pencils, and his pencils are just, uh, like, oh, yeah. fucking, like, amazing, like, just stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just those natural artists, man. Yeah. Well, no, like, uh, you listen to him in interviews. Like, I listened to, like, the Kevin Smith interview, and he was, like, it was really... um, Fat Man on Batman? It was really, uh, yeah, it was really affirming for me, because he just talks about, like, you know, being, uh, you know, coming up, like, through his 20s and just, like, working on it every day and just drawing every day and having, like, tons of sketchbooks and just drawing every day and just, like, that's the focus of his life. And he was, like... Just turned 30 when he got his first gig doing professionally yeah. and shit. So, yeah, you know, totally, that was man. like, you know. It's one of the coolest things I get to hear on this show. I've been doing this show for five years now. Oh, when the guys and come up. And they, oh, they yeah. It, There's yeah. so many different stories, so many different methods and ways and techniques guys have used to, like, get their shit out there, you know? Oh, yeah. Some guys just, like, pound the pavement. Uh, some, like, uh, some guys like Ralph Steg- or Ryan Stegman. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Stegman. His, he, he had one goal, one mission, was to put as much of his shit on the internet as he possibly could. So he would just flood the internet, like sites, posts. That was back when the internet was yeah, like this new. Yeah, back when you could actually, like, if you're posting yeah, every day, shit. Yeah. if you're, you're posting every day in multiple forums, you can actually make a dent in like two thousand yeah. or 1999. That's right? how he did it, man. That's yeah. how he got his way in, you know? And I'm like, um, I've kind of become like uh, well known for like not having money for tables so I just show up at the con with a backpack oh, full yeah. of my new comic and just sell them. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Mostly just end up selling them to well, artists it's like Zdarsky Con, right? Uh, yeah, I didn't go yeah, to Yeah, he kind of started his own little thing. Uh, well, it's like, didn't he just rent a hotel room and has all Well, the first thing? year, he literally set up a table on the street. Yeah, yeah, I, saw, I heard about that. Selling <laughs> He's a really funny guy. Yeah, I like the real styles, well, We go man. to, um, I was saying, I go to Life Drawing uh, with Kagan McLeod, who he's working on um, uh, Capitera with. Not for image, image. Uh, oh, yeah? Chip Zerkowski. It's one of the books he's doing. Oh, one of his. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they have the first volume. I don't think he's. I don't think Kagan's even started drawing it yet. Okay. But uh, Capitara, it's basically like a sci-fi story. Um, it's a parody of like it's making fun of like action or uh, 1980s action figures, right? So yeah. Oh, that's cool. They land on the planet, which is like um, the scientists uh, or the straight men, and they're wandering around this. Uh, this uh, this strange planet, uh, uh, you know, uh, populated by the most demented 1980s Hasbro bro action figures like that's cool, man. Like He-Man on on Smack or something. <laughs> right, like, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> and it's just all these absurd thing, all these absurd creatures that come up with. And Kagan that reminds um, me a little of Imagination Land, South Park. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's like it's like. Um, it's kind of like He Man or something. That it's like fun, their though. shows. I gotta check that shit like out. Like Modern Sensibility. Yeah, Kagan, yeah, he's yeah, a really yeah. great artist. Like, he's mostly known for his, like, spy illustrations and stuff. He did um, Infinite Kung Fu a few years back. It was 
Top Shelf, I think, published it. Okay, right It's just on. a one big volume. You could be a man to death with it, but he... He always, he, that was his self-published book. He likes, you know. Right on. He yeah, went to yeah. Sheridan, too. He got out of Sheridan. He was uh, doing shit for, um... Fuck, man. We got so much talent papers. around here. It's I know, disgusting, yeah. man. It's okay, again, he does stuff for, um... Uh, uh, seen like Entertainment Weekly. He does a lot of stuff for oh, you know, yeah? National Post. He's mainly known for his like spot illustrations and stuff. Okay, I right on. I gotta look into that, man. Yeah, That's right. He has life drawings in the studio, and like Chip Zerkowski's come out a few times. Right uh, on, right on. Ian yeah. Herring, who like colors a lot of Marvel stuff. And All right, sweet. Yeah, it's, Adam you know, man. Oh man, Adam's a good guy. Adam's, Adam's good uh, shit. The violence is good shit, man. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. That's an excellent book. That was God. really dark. Like, Ed Brayson, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you you know Adam, like he's a friend of mine. He's just the sweetest, warmest guy. And you read the, you read the <laughs> the violence, and it's like, the guy's working through some stuff, man. He's, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm a little worried about Adam. Well, I was lucky to chat with him at uh, on Free Comic Book Day. He was down at Altered States in Clarkson, my shop down there, because he's a bit of a local boy too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I actually got to sit down and like pod with him and chat. Oh, he's with him. just a great, he's a super guy. cool guy. Yeah, yeah. We well, used yeah. to, yeah. He was one of the first guys I met. Like just like uh, I think first uh, con I went to, I think I met him. Like, right on. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I went by uh, Fearless Fred's table, and they end up uh, Fearless Fred wasn't there, but they end up. Everyone else at the table end up buying my books. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, man, I think that's a, I think that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> that's how <laughs> I choose way, to remember you're it now. With it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah those guys, uh, both of them, Adam, Fred, those are guys uh, I got on the list. They're definitely on the hit list. Uh, especially Adam, long overdue to have like an actual proper hour sit down show with him because uh, I'd love to chat. But oh uh, yeah, he's a great. We'll guy. We'll get to talk there to. eventually. One of you crazy fuckers at a time. You know what I mean? I so, know, right? You know. Yeah. But uh, James, thanks so much oh, thank for taking you, yeah. a few minutes to chat with me. That's awesome. evil. evil. James Edward Clark. Get on there, kids. We'll put a link on the website and uh, check it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow and, me uh, online. Uh, we got a Kickstarter coming up in the new year, I think. Collect all of evil. You got evil in one volume. Right, that's, right. On. That's the plan so far. All right. Yeah. Well, when that comes together, you hit me up and we'll sit down for Absolutely, a proper man. hour chat. And, well, thanks uh, for talking. We'll do it right. Mr. Clark. Very cool, Mr. Clark. Take care.